0: Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a AM, member of FDIC. The
1: Quiz kid brought to you by the makers of Alka-Seltzer. Alka-Seltzer for headache. Alka-Seltzer for acid indigestion. Alka-Seltzer for cold discomfort. Yes, when these occasional ailments make you miserable, take Alka-Seltzer for really fast, Really effective relief. And our quiz kid, here's today's first question. Listen closely. What city can be said to have a new jack in the box? Yes, that question will open today's school session in Radio's famous Classroom of the Air. Are you folks at home as quick on the trigger as these youngsters? Well, you'll have some time to give that question more thought while we have roll call. And here they are, the quiz kids. <laughs> The man who asks the questions and who is never at a loss for an answer unless he happens to lose one of his cards, our genial chief quizzer himself, Joe Kelly. Thank you, Bob Murphy, and hello, everyone. Welcome to another competitive question session with the Quiz Kids. I know you're going to enjoy school this afternoon, friends, seeing questions and a fine board of young experts who consider them. A special feature of our program today will be a unique mathematical race, a race between two mechanical devices and a human being. On the mechanical side, we have a modern adding machine and an ancient calculator, a Chinese abacus. On the human side, we have our own Quiz Kid, Joel Copperman. But more about that later. Now then, ready for roll call, youngsters? Here we go. Jack. I am Jack Rooney. I'm 15 years old and a junior at Loyola Academy in Chicago. Lonnie. I'm
0: Lonnie. Lonnie. I'm 12 years old and in seventh grade at Lincoln School in Park Ridge, Illinois. Joel. I'm Joel Copperman. I'm 11 years old in the departmental and the Piedmont Roosevelt School. David. I'm David Frost, I'm 11 years old and 8 A at the Bloom School of Chicago.
1: And a new quiz kid, a runner-up in the recent Quiz Kids contest conducted by Lions International, Nancy.
0: I'm Nancy McClary. I'm 12 years old and in sixth grade at Crystal Lake Junior High School, Crystal Lake, Illinois.
1: Well, do you have the answer to that first question, kid, from Miss Dorothy Hunt of Buffalo, New York. What city can be said to have a new jack-in-the-box? We have one hand up, and that hand belongs to Lonnie. All right, Lonnie.
0: Well, I have uh, several answers. I don't suppose any of them are too good. but Well, let's start Chicago, off. Chicago, for one thing, for in the Chicago Cubs, you could have, a, well, like the batter's box or the pitcher's box. Uh, so you're
1: on the right track, I will say that. A, and uh, can you get a mention names?
0: Well, if there's uh, anyone's first name, you going to be Daff. a rookie or something. It's uh, uh, not necessarily a rookie, but any jack.
1: Yes, that's true. A... That's true. Well, how about the Chicago White Sox? Can you think of uh, a new well, jack-in-the-box? Uh,
0: well, there's not... This isn't a new one, but there's a jack Wallace here box He short a shortstop.
1: Well, we're speaking and... in terms of uh, new... So, Joe, what were you going to say? You had to. Well, any... I was
0: going to say Walls, too.
1: Oh, you were, eh? Well, all right, Joe.
0: So it could be St. Louis, though, because they have a new manager and... Uh, of course, his first name is really Jack instead of Jack, but he could
1: say it would be St. Louis. You mean he fried slide over, really, is Jack like that? <laughs> no, I'm afraid I can't accept that. As you give up on it, well, uh, I'll tell you, Lonnie was uh, was very uh, very warm in uh, thinking of the Chicago White Sox. Uh, John uh, Perkovich, a new White Sox pitcher who came up from Waterloo from uh, the Waterloo team, that would have been a very good answer. And also Jack Kramer, new pitcher for the Red Sox. That would be uh, the city, would be Boston naturally. So, uh, uh, those were a couple of answers, three or four more. Well, uh, I guess we'll have to call that one wrong quiz, kids. And Dorothy Hunt of Buffalo, New York, our miss is your game. Alka-Seltzer will send you the magnificent 239.50 Zenith radio phonograph combination immediately. As you know, this fine set is complete in every way. It has the automatic record changer, the new Cobra tone arm, two FM bands, and it's a real beauty. That's always Alka-Seltzer's reward when the Quiz Kids miss your question. When they answer correctly, you get one of those dandy Zenith transoceanic standard shortwave port radios in a handsome luggage case, the most outstanding in its field today. You'll be proud of either fine Zenith radio, so get your questions in, friends. Simply send them to Quiz Kids Chicago. Well, let's see what we can do on the next question. Matthew J. Muscle of uh, New York City bases his question on the idea that uh, during World War II, uh, military plans were often described in code, such as uh, Operation Torch or Operation Husky. Now, if code words were used in the Revolutionary and Civil Wars, what military operations might the following refer to? First, Operation 62nd. Operation 62nd, Jones? The Minutemen. The Minutemen at Lexington and Concord, that's right, in the Revolutionary War. How about Operation Cumulus? Operation Cumulus. No hands. You give up on that one? Well, that could be, not only could be, but uh, would be the battle above the clouds at uh, Chattanooga. Uh, it's also called the Battle of uh, Lookout Mountain. That was uh, part of the Battle of Chattanooga. Well, you missed the second part. See if we can get the third. Operation Robot. Jack, would that be uh, uh, them sailing out in the harbor to block the, the harbor by sinking that ship or George Washington crossing the Delaware? Which one do you think it would be? I think it would be either. Well, uh, let's see. If we they both decide, uh, use rowboats. Uh, we're talking in terms of rowboats. Nancy?
0: George Washington. George the Delaware. Washington,
1: that's right, when he crossed the Delaware and surprised the British Army at Trenton. Well, you missed one of those, and uh, that means that we didn't make enough points on that one. So, Matthew J., muscle of New York City, uh, wins the big 239.50 Zenith radio phonograph combination from the makers of Alka-Seltzer. Wilbur Holmes of Philadelphia, Pennsylvania, says that he's a true nature lover and he's especially interested in insects. He wants you to suppose that the insect world is run the same as ours. In that case, if you were a periodical cicada, would you ever be old enough to drive an automobile in the state of Illinois, Ronnie? Well, a cicada is a moth.
0: It's I'd a mean, what? A moth. I'd be a butterfly. That's sure am Well, now,
1: wait a minute. Uh, or no,
0: no, a cicada is a seven-year locust.
1: It's uh, wh- wh- how many years, a locust?
0: Well, it's, it's some kind of a locust, but it wouldn't last 21 years. <laughs> <laughs> well,
1: now, let's see. We've got some more hands up there. Uh, it wouldn't last 21 years. I'm sure well, that. Well, now, uh, maybe we can clear this up.
0: David? Well, uh, it's a 17-year locus.
1: That's what but, it is. Uh,
0: I, wouldn't, I wouldn't know uh, how old this mess you have to be to get a driver's license. You wouldn't? Well, all right, we have
1: more hands here. Now we're really getting places. Jack? Well, you can get a, a, a driver's license in the state of Illinois at the age of 15 and a real driver's license at the age of 16, so you'd be old enough. Well, at the age of 16, you At the age of 15, you can get a driver's license that'll permit you to
0: drive with your parents' permission. temporary, yes.
1: Temporary driver's license. But a permanent license, you have to be 21. The boy has to be 21, and uh, the girl has to be 18. All right. Well, now, uh, suppose that you're a very sociable insect, and you would like all the other insects to gather at your house. What color of light bulb would you keep on your front porch, David? Blue. Blue is absolutely right. That's correct, because... The blue bulb uh, really attracts all of the insects, whereas the uh, white and the other colored bulbs do not as much as the blue. Well, let's try this question from Mrs. P.J. Reed of Portland, Oregon. Quite a number of people have been named for George Washington, but which United States president was named for another unrelated president? Which United States president was named for another unrelated president? you give up? Jack? No, no, no. Hand up, hand down. All right, President Andrew Johnson was christened uh, Andrew Jackson Johnson. How is that clear? <laughs> <laughs> oh, I'm so glad I had that answer. Oh, my cars there <laughs> uh, Before we have the next question, here's uh, Bob Murphy. You know, friends, uh, Monday morning can certainly take on a deep bluish cast if you wake up with a headache as a result of irregular weekend hours or perhaps late Sunday night refreshments. But remember, you don't have to suffer along with that headache trying to chalk up some kind of an endurance record. That is, you don't have to if you have Alka-Seltzer handy. A tablet or two dissolved in a glass of water will give you a sparkling effervescent solution that can help that headache become a thing of the past and in a hurry, too. Yes, you can rely on Alka-Seltzer to give you fast, effective relief because it contains a dependable pain-relieving analgesic already dissolved when you drink it and therefore right ready to go to work on your headache discomfort. You'll be amazed how soon you begin to feel better. So tomorrow morning, or any time a headache threatens to interfere with your work or pleasure, get the fast relief you want by taking Alka-Seltzer. Check on your Alka-Seltzer supply right now. And if those tablets are down to four, see your druggist for some more. And buy an extra package, too. That's the wisest thing to do. Now, kids, I want to go back to the question we just missed from Mrs. P.J. Reed of Portland, Oregon, about the uh, unrelated president. Uh, We missed that, of course, and that means that she gets one of the big 239.50 Zenith radio phonograph combinations. All right, here we go with more questions. Russell Thomas of Chicago hopes that no one else will make the mistake he did when he planned one of his vacations. He picked out a famous railroad whose popular name was the same as his destination and then found out that the train did not go through that town at all. Do you know where he was trying to go, Jack? Uh, Santa Fe. Santa Fe, that's yes, right. the Santa Fe doesn't go through Santa Fe. Santa Fe, New Mexico. That's right. Good boy, Jack. Really scored on that one. Well, here's a goes enter question from Stephen Colby of this city. But it's not about arithmetic. It's geography instead. As far as area is concerned... Could you put the state of Pennsylvania into the Red Sea?
0: Lonnie? I believe you could. The Red Sea uh I'm not I'm not sure what what uh latitude and longitude it extends to, but I'm pretty sure it's larger because of... well, uh no. I don't know, but I just I'm just pretty sure slides larger from looking at world maps.
1: That's that's right, Lonnie. Yes, you, uh, almost four times. <laughs> uh, Population-wise, could you put the city of Boston into the city of Rio de Janeiro? Jack. Yes, of course. That's right. Rio de Janeiro's about twice as Twice as big. Uh huh. As far as area is concerned, could you put Spain, Portugal, Switzerland, and Italy into the state of Texas? Lonnie.
0: Yes. Good. Do you think so? Yes,
1: I do. David, what were you gonna say? No. Why do you say that?
0: Well, uh I I uh, I've been looking just from uh like uh Ronnie had the Red Sea in Pennsylvania from looking at world maps. <laughs>
1: well, no is the correct answer. There there is a limit to what you can put in status. Uh, for this etiquette question from W.D. Weaver of Chicago, you are to decide what the proper thing is to say in certain situations. For each situation, Howard Peterson will play a song whose title should or should not be the proper remark to make to your hostess. First, if you were at a formal dinner party, would it be polite for you to say this to your hostess? <laughs> Uh, the depends. I don't think it's ever po- uh, polite to ask for another cup of coffee. Uh, not to ask for it. Can you of that song, Jack? Yeah, let's have another cup of uh, right. coffee. Let's have another piece of pie, I think, Uh-huh, it? uh-huh. That's right. It would not yeah, be polite. It wouldn't thing. be polite. Yeah, you must wait till the host has asked you if you want uh, some more coffee. Yeah. <laughs> if you bumped into someone while going through a revolving door, might you say... I
0: beg your pardon, and that certainly would be correct to say.
1: It certainly would, yes. Uh
0: Uh-huh.
1: If you took Mary out on a date, would it be polite to say... (laughs) Nancy? No. What's the name of that?
0: Uh, you, with the light brown hair. Mary wouldn't
1: like that with you. I
0: don't think so. No, (laughs) sir.
1: Mrs. A.E. Bennett of Portland, Maine, said that when she was in school, she used to paste pictures on maps to indicate products of various parts of the country or important events that took place there. Now, if you quiz kids were studying uh, biblical maps of Palestine and Egypt, at what cities would you paste these pictures first? Where would you paste the Pillar of salt? Jack? Oh, that city, uh, Lot City of... Uh... What's the name oh, of city. it, I knew when I started. Can't <laughs> you think of it? No. Okay. All right, Joe. Sodom. Sodom, that's right. That's where Lot's wife turned into a fill of salt. Uh, where would you put a picture of a burning bush? Where would you put a picture of a burning bush? Joe?
0: I believe there'd be somewhere in the uh, south of. Carol Steinberg,
1: I don't, don't know exactly where. You don't know where, Jack? Mount Sinai. My, m- Mount Sinai, that's right. huh.
0: <laughs>
1: Carol Henderson of San Francisco, California, has noticed the many unique hairdos that women m- wear these days. He wonders how each of the following men might describe his wife's hairdo using terms appropriate to his trade. First. A baker. How would he describe his wife's hairdo? A baker. Lonnie?
0: Well, I don't like that bun.
1: I don't like that bun. I see. Mm-hmm. Jabber down. Hair done up in buns. huh And Jack? Yeah, light and fluffy and brown. Light <laughs> and fluffy and brown. Yeah? <laughs> That's all right. Done to a turn. In other words, Joel?
0: It looks like an oversized roll or a slatter of tie.
1: Plasma pie oversized gold. Lonnie again.
0: She must have been awfully dull headed to select like that kind of hairdo. <laughs> All right,
1: let's go on. Now, how about an uh, electrician? How would he describe his wife's hairdo? Jack? Wiry?
0: Wiring? That's the idea, Joe. Shocking. Shocking. <laughs> <laughs> oh, <wonder. laughs> Bonnie? Well, this uh, one might like his wife's hairdo and say, "Why, well, that's really a hot hairdo. <laughs> a hot
1: hairdo. Joel again. Current? Current, the current style, you betcha. Well, here's a good old-fashioned spelling question from James McMillan of Great Neck, New York, and uh, he warns you that these words are really tricky, too. First, how do you spell embarrassed? Jack, E-M-B-A-R-A, there's two R's. There's two R's in the slip. Spell it again, then. E-M-B-A-R-R-A-R-F. That's right. That's correct. How about the word recommend? Joe?
0: R-E-C-O-M-E-M-D.
1: Oh, that's wrong. Ronnie? That's
0: R E C O M M E N D. That's
1: right. Two M's. Uh-huh. Here's one I always get mixed up on. How do you spell occurred? Jack? o double C U. Double R E D. That's right, absolutely,
0: uh-huh.
1: <laughs> and now, Bob, it's time for you to take over, Quizmaster. And uh, here are the questions, Joe. Why do so many thousands keep Alka-Seltzer in their homes and never think of being without it?
0: Well, first, Mr. Murphy, I always want Alka-Seltzer handy for headaches. When the children have been unusually noisy and I'm trying to get dinner for company and everything seems to go wrong, well, if a headache comes along, too, I certainly want the wonderful relief I get from alka mm,
1: Yes, that's a good reason.
0: And when my husband comes home feeling upset with acid indigestion, I just tell him, be wise. Alkalize with alka mm-hmm, Go on. And when springtime gardening or house cleaning causes muscular aches and pains... Good old Alka-Seltzer comes to the rescue.
1: And uh, how about coal?
0: Why, of course we use Alka-Seltzer for relief of the achiness and the feverish feeling of a coal, too. Honestly, Alka-Seltzer is so good for so many of our everyday ailments. I not only wouldn't think of ever being without it, I always buy two packages instead of one.
1: (laughs) Now, there's a woman who knows her Alka-Seltzer. Yes, friend, never be without Alka-Seltzer in your home. Your druggist has Alka-Seltzer in 30 or 60 cent size packages and as an extra safeguard, buy two packages instead of one. And always keep an extra package handy. It's good advice, and if you'll heat it, you'll have Alka-Seltzer when you need it. Ah, now then, uh, we're ready for that big race I told you about, and I might say this promises to be the most unique race of the century. The idea was suggested by Marian Lestler of Los Angeles, California, when she heard Joel do some rapid adding when in competition with a board of University of Chicago graduates not long ago, she decided she wanted to settle the question once and for all as to which is fastest. A Chinese abacus, a modern adding machine, or quiz kid Joel Kufferman. And so now we're ready for the test. We have with us a distinguished Chinese businessman who is an expert with the abacus, Mr. Yan Lum, owner of the bamboo inn in downtown Chicago. Are you ready, Mr. Lum? Say so you don't you. what does that mean?
0: Yes. Oh
1: <laughs> I might have known that. <laughs> Mr. Lum's abacus, or Sunpun as it's called in China, is a wooden frame 8 inches by 12 inches with mahogany beads strung on wires within the frame. Very similar to the ones you find on baby's playpens, but believe me, it's no toy in the hands of an expert. And operating the adding machine is a Smith Corona expert, Miss Betty McDonald. Do you have your machine cleared, and are you all ready to go, Miss McDonald? All ready. All right, fine. And last but not least, 11-year-old Joel Koppelman. Joel, uh, uh, you, you haven't got your mind on baseball, have you? No. You yeah, well. <laughs> haven't, Well, folks, uh, Joel has no paper or pencil. He just has to use his head on this. But he's looking mighty alert. So I'll tell you what we'll do. I'm going to ask you folks in the audience to call out eight two-digit numbers, one at a time, and when I ask for the total all you contestants have to do is to call out your answer as soon as you have it now if you hold your hands up I will point to you and then you can call your number out and then that way we'll get going all right now those of you that have numbers in your, on your mind you hold your hands up 99 32 33 45 62, 59, 18, and the last one is 27.
0: 365. <laughs>
1: Uh, so far, so good, but let's check now. Let's check on accuracy. Uh, uh, Mr. Lum, uh, did you call out? Yes. You did. What? the... Uh, 386. You say 386. That's on the Chinese abacus. And uh, Miss McDonald?
0: 348.
1: <laughs> All right. Now, wait a minute. We have the judges. They took the numbers down, and uh, they're totaling up the numbers as they were called out. LAUGHTER <laughs> the judges got 375. <laughs> and uh, I'll tell you what let's do. Let's do it again, and everybody be real quiet so we can hear the number. <laughs> That's really funny. <laughs> everybody wrong, yes, sirree. <laughs> All right, now get started. Here we go again. I'll point to you. You call out the number. 77... 77. Oh, wait a minute. We, uh, we've got two there, right together. What? 63. 85. 94. 34. 86. 53. And the last is 44. 536. <laughs>
0: 536,
1: did you say, Joel? Mr. Lum? Thanks. You got the same 536, Miss McDonald?
0: That's
1: right. 536.
0: How about the judges? All right. Well, congratulations,
1: Joel. Incidentally, we clocked the answers. And you gave uh, yours in one one and one-tenth seconds after I gave the last number. That's pretty fast,
0: isn't it?
1: Thank you, Miss McDonald, and thank you, Mr. Lump. Nice to have you with us this afternoon. Now, this question here is from Phyllis Colber of Chicago, Illinois. If you wanted to start a collection of jewelry but could collect only items mentioned in book or movie titles, what jewelry could you find? Book or movie titles, David?
0: Well, I could suggest a color, Forever Amber.
1: Well, right. Forever Amber, that could be uh, uh, jewelry set in a, in a mountain, you know, stone, and uh, uh, that's all right, Lonnie.
0: There's an opera, Jewels of the Madonna, that could be considered a book uh, to play. That's and, of course, that'd be... A, well, and that's all right, door. huh?
1: That's all right. And, Joel?
0: Well, I believe there's a story, Golden Earrings.
1: Golden Earrings. Well, uh, yes, that's right. It's also a movie. Mm-hmm. Can you think of any more? Mm-hmm. All right, we get along to the next question. Mr. E.C. Edmonds of Ben Harbor, Michigan, says he can prove that a cat has three tails. See if you kids can find the fallacy in his argument. He says... You will admit that no cat has two tails. One cat has one more tail than no cat. Therefore, a cat has three tails. Joe?
0: Well, uh, no cat has, uh, two tails. That doesn't mean, a cat that doesn't exist has two c- c- tails. That means, uh, cat, uh, any cat that doesn't have Uh, two tails, so therefore, it's a fallacy in the way uh, the sentence is uh, put.
1: Yes, there's a confusion of terms there, isn't there? (laughs) 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 Is that what, Jack? The fallacy there is that the no modifies the cat in his first uh, statement, his premise does. He says no cat has three tails, so the sentence should be the cat. A cat does not have, the the no should modify the verb does not have
0: instead of a cat
1: or it means something entirely different yeah the verb that's what I I I say yeah That, uh, that certainly got in there uh, that way. Uh, Mrs. S.W. Selby of Elgin, Illinois points out that in olden days, uh, kings were given nicknames that described their physical characteristics or traits, such as Henry the Lame or Richard the Lionhearted. Now, suppose that our presidents were nicknamed in this fashion. What president might correspond to the following kings? The first one is Charles the Fat. Charles, the fat. Jack? William Howard Taft. William Howard Taft. Yeah, that's right. He weighed approximately 332 pounds when inaugurated as president. Uh, William the Silent. What president, Jack? Calvin Coolidge. Calvin Coolidge. Calvin the Silent. That's right. Uh Uh-oh. Well, there's our bell, yes? There's the old school bell, children. So another Quiz Kids question session is over. Well, you were fine students this afternoon, and we'll have your grades in just a minute, but the judges are already busy figuring out your scores. While uh, we give them a little more time, here's a message Mother will be interested in. Mothers, are you having trouble getting your children and your family to take their vitamins every day? Try giving them one-a-day brand multiple vitamin capsules. Each one-a-day brand multiple capsule contains all the vitamins for which the amount needed for grown-ups and children has been established. What's more, one capsule every day is all they take. And one-a-day brand multiple vitamin capsules are low in cost. A full two-month supply for only $2. Ask your druggist for one-a-day brand vitamins. Good for growing children and adults. Remember, for vitamins the easy way, for vitamins the thrifty way, the brand you want is one-a-day. All right, now, attention, class, here's the judge's report on your schoolwork. Remember, though, whether you win or lose, you all receive a $100 savings bond from the makers of Alka-Seltzer to help you with your future education. Here are your report cards. The judges say our entire class missed three questions this afternoon, except for Jack Rooney, and I'll explain in a moment why he wasn't scored. Lonnie is first. Joel 2nd, David 3rd. That means you three will be back in school next Sunday along with David Greenstein, age 11, and Naomi Cook, age 9. Now, would like to point out right here, folks, what a splendid record Jack Rooney has made in our schoolroom. As a matter of fact, he was top scorer tonight, or I mean this afternoon. Uh, but uh, what I'm getting at, Jack made his final appearance with the Quiz Kids this afternoon. He's just reaching the advanced age of 16. So that means he's ready to join our fine group of 145 Quiz Kids graduates who are distinguishing themselves in all fields. We know Jack will be no exception, and we're happy to graduate him with high honors. Best of luck, Jack. (laughs) And now until next Sunday at this same time, when we hope all you listeners will plan to attend school, this is Joe Kelly dismissing the Quiz Kids. Goodbye, kids.
0: Bye-bye, Joe.
1: Listen to the quiz kids every week and listen to Alka-Seltzer's News of the World every Monday through Friday over most of these NBC stations. This is Bob Murphy speaking.
0: This is NBC, the national broadcasting company.